Hello, I'm back from my time off and we're on to a new year and so much to cover. I said I'd be away for the month of December and the Christmas holidays, and I was working on doing some research for an episode that was going to take some extra time. Well, I do have most of that research ready for that episode, and it will be coming. However, Donald Trump blew up a terrorist, and we didn't go to World War III, so let's face it. We really need the history behind this news story. Before I do that, let me remind you to go to laureliesiemens.com for more podcasts. The Church History Podcast tells the story of the church in chronological order started with the life of Christ and were all the way to the Inquisition. We have more podcasts like The Gift from God, our adoption podcast. We're going to have a new season this summer, but in the meantime, there's some great stories for you to listen to. We also have our Revelation podcast from Pastor Neil Sawatsky, who preaches through the book of Revelation. And starting in February, we have a brand new podcast called Speak for Life, all short 5-10 to 10 minute episodes answering questions about abortion and euthanasia. If you don't want to wait for the podcast, the video series is already on my website. We have a new podcast coming soon called Daily Bible Study. I'm going to go through some books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. I give you a little idea of what to expect from the chapter, so you can go ahead and read it yourself. Alright, so now, for the history behind the Iran news story of the week. Last year, Iran was in the news, and we began to hear little snippets of information about protests starting up in Iran. I tried to get some information from the news media, but they're basically silent on the issue. But more and more pictures and videos begin to show up on social media. Then I saw the picture of a woman standing on a large box with her hair uncovered. She was waving a stick, and on the stick was her hijab. The picture stopped me. I had to look at it. This was bravery. The next day, I heard the woman was missing. Some say she's dead. Some said she was arrested, but no one knows. She simply disappeared. On the spot where the picture was taken, people started leaving flowers. And by the weekend, 12 people had been killed by the government and over 400 had been arrested. There was one man in charge of silencing the women of Iran, Ghassam Soleimani. In order to really understand what's happening in Iran, we need a little history of what has brought us to this moment. Really, it's a story that's been growing since the year I was born, or actually well before that. Before we get into the story of what happened the year I was born, we need to learn how Iran became Iran. As Christians, when we read the Bible, we hear about the Persians. You will remember it was the Medes and Persians that overtook Babylon, and it was the Persian king Darius that was forced to throw Daniel in the lion's den. It was the Persian king that gave the order to have Jerusalem rebuilt, and it was the Persian king that Queen Esther was married to. So when did Persia become Iran? The year is 1935, and the leadership of Persia has created great ties with the people of Germany. Hitler has become more than an ally. He is a friend. The Persian Minister of Foreign Affairs is meeting today with his German friends. We are more than allies. We are brothers. The Persians are Aryan like us. We are a great race, and we will rule the world. The men spend the afternoon talking, and as always, there's plenty of racist talk going around. But the Nazis don't see it as racist, and neither does the foreign minister of Persia. They talk about the Russians and the British and the struggle the Persians have to throw off the influence of these people. What we need, brothers, is a new start. And to get that, we need a new name. The German Nazi laughs. Call yourselves Aryan. Be the Aryan nation. 
In our language, that would be pronounced Iran. The Western countries are too stupid to know you're naming yourself the Aryan nation. Sounds perfect. The foreign minister returns home to Persia, and the idea stuck. Soon after, the embassies received official letters requesting the country be referred to as Iran. People simply did what they were told without seeing what had just happened. As of 1935, the world had an official Aryan nation. The West didn't resist it because they were pronouncing it Iran, not Aryan. So, when you hear people say Trump is against Iran because he doesn't like Arabs, we need to remember that the Iranians are not Arab. They are Persian. And for 2,500 years, they had a Persian monarchy. The leader of Iran was the Shah. So what happened the year I was born? If you look at pictures of Iran under the Shah, it looks basically the same as pictures of Canada in the 70s. It was very Western. There's art, music, basic freedom. The women wore short skirts, and the men wore ridiculous-looking bell-bottoms. Really, it could be hard to find the difference between pictures of families in Iran and families in Canada in the 70s. Definitely nothing like what we see today. Then, in October of 1977, things changed. Here in Canada, we were watching the first-ever Star Wars movie. In Iran, they started demonstrating to get rid of the Shah. The people marching in the streets wanted an Islamic Republic. The demonstrations grew, and then in January 16, 1979, the Shah left Iran. Now, those fighting for Islamic Republic began to fight harder, and then on April 1, 1979, Iran became an Islamic Republic. The Iranian people were promised an Islamic utopia, but that's not what happened. One of the core things about the Islamic government was the hatred of anything Western. The United States was on the top of that hate list. The Shah found out he had cancer, and he went to the United States to receive cancer treatment. The Islamic government wanted him to be returned so they could try him for crimes, but clearly it was a fake trial that was going to lead to his death, so America refused to send the Shah back to Iran. Then, November the 4th, 1979, the United States Embassy was captured and 52 Americans were taken hostage. Six Americans escaped from the embassy and they were hiding in Iran. This is where Canada stepped in. A group of filmmakers worked with the CIA to rescue the six Americans hiding in Iran. The crew made a fake movie called The Caper and got permission from the Iranian government to shoot the film in Iran. Six Canadians, one Irishman, and one American went to Iran to make the fake movie and rescue the Americans. There's a great movie called Argo, and I highly recommend it, although they totally make it sound like America did everything and leave Canada out of it. Still, if you're interested in the story, check out the movie. It's great. So the five were rescued, but the Iranians still held the 52 hostages. The hostages were held for 444 days. Still, to this day, that is the longest hostage crisis in history. Then came President Reagan. He was the president for about five minutes, and then the hostages were free. Of course, the left still tries to say to this day that that was a coincidence. But basically, Reagan changed the world while he was in power. There was the whole Berlin Wall thing as well. It was kind of great. So the 80s and 90s, things got worse and worse for Iran. The laws that came in were horrible, especially for women. For example, a married woman cannot leave the country without her husband's permission. A woman's testimony as a witness is only worth half of that of a man. And in public places, women must wear a hijab and loose-fitting clothing. 
and the modesty requirements are enforced by morality police. Polygamy and temporary marriages are permitted for men. That means men can have up to five wives. And the temporary marriages are just so that men can go sleep around with women that they're technically married to. This, of course, is not allowed for women. Women are frequently subject to honor killings. In cases where the father kills his daughters, he's not liable for the death penalty, but only imprisonment. However, on top of that, if someone is murdered, the family of the victim can simply forgive the murderer, meaning most people who do honor killings have no punishment at all. Christianity was seen as Western and supportive of the Shah, so under Islamic rule is against the law to convert to Christianity. Now you have to understand that everyone in Iran technically has to have a religion. It's against the law to be an atheist. So if your father was a Muslim, you are considered a Muslim. So basically anyone who becomes a Christian is considered a convert, and was punishable by death. Small groups of Christian communities were allowed to continue, but they were considered second-class citizens. Basically, under Islamic rule, life is horrible. Unless you're a Muslim man who loves beating his wife, then it's actually kind of great. Then the 90s ended and in came the 2000s. Something changed. Social media came. Suddenly, people began to see how the rest of the world lived. A generation that had grown up having never lived in freedom began to hear the thoughts of pro-Western free thinkers. The Iranian government had to stop this right away. So in 2009, Twitter was shut down. Social media that does exist is very monitored, and people are jailed for saying anything against Islam or the Islamic government. But it was too late. The younger generation had already seen what freedom looks like, and they wanted it. The Green Movement started. It was also called the Persian Awakening. The Persian people wanted the Islamic government out. They demanded freedom. At the time, Obama was the President of the United States, and he was trying to make an agreement with Iran, so he did nothing. For those fighting for freedom were killed, arrested, and tortured. I mean, hundreds of young Persians captured, tortured, and killed. And once again, there was one man who was in charge of all of that. Qasem Soleimani During the last 40 years of Islamic rule in Iran, the Iranian government has stated clearly they want to destroy Israel, wipe it off the map, kill every Jew. At one point, there was a large Jewish community living in Iran. This community could be traced all the way back to the book of Esther, when the Jewish people lived under the Persian rule. Today, there's no Jews in Iran. Zero. While Obama was making this deal with Iran, the people of Israel begged him to not do it. They knew the Iranian government wanted one thing, to build missiles that could wipe out Israel. But Obama didn't care. The Iranian people didn't want the deal. They were in the streets trying to overthrow the government, but Obama didn't care. And then the deal was signed, and Iran got everything. Literally, America flew planes with pallets of actual cash, millions, into Iran. Iran promised to not build a nuclear bomb, but there's really no way to make sure that that doesn't happen. But something else happened between 2009 Revelation. But something else happened between the 2009 Revolution and today. A Christian revival began to sweep Iran. In 2012, there was 384,897 Christians. By 2016, there was 1 million Christians, and today, there is more than 3 million Christians. These are people converting to Christianity, even though the punishment for this is still death. Iran is being run by a man named Rohan E. Obama told us for 8 years that he was this nice guy, a moderate, and we could trust him. However, under his rule, executions have only increased. Asked attacks on women have only increased. 
more Christians have been put in prison. Basically, every year since 1979 has only gotten worse. Once again, social media has helped. A new app called Telegram. This is very useful in Iran, and this app has been used to share pictures and videos, and has been used to once again awaken the Persian people for freedom. In the last year, the people hit the streets, at first a few hundred, and then thousands. Every town standing up and demanding freedom. Women taking off their hijabs, people shouting. Here's some of the things they're saying. We don't want an Islamic Republic. We don't want it. We don't want it. They're using Islam as an excuse to drive people crazy. Independence, freedom, Iranian Republic. We are all Iranians. We don't accept Arabs. We will die, but we will take Iran back. Come out to the streets, Iranians, and shout for your rights. As I heard one podcaster say, they're basically saying, make Iran great again. Then we saw videos of police driving into crowds, driving over protesters. More than 400 have been imprisoned, at least 12 have been shot, and once again, the man in charge, Qasem Soleimani. CNN actually ran a story saying that, that they were having a pro-government rally. ABC News declared that the U.S. did not have a moral authority to talk about Iran. They refused to cover the story, and basically they aided Qasem Soleimani by covering up what he was doing to his own citizens. And things have only gotten worse. Pictures of gay men being hung, women simply disappearing for taking off the hijab. It's December 27th. Christmas is over and once again, you didn't spend it with your family. You're working at a military base in Kirkuk, a city in northern Iraq. You're an American and your friend Naris Hamid is putting up yet another picture of his family. Naris Wall is lined with pictures of his family and his two sons. They're two and eight and very cute. Naris is a new American. He officially became a citizen just two years ago and he loves his country, your country. And you love having him on your team. He is your interpreter, but even more, he's your friend. Hey man, next year you'll be home over the holidays with your boys. He smiles back at you. You hear a noise and leave to see what's happening. Rockets are fired at your base fairly often, and it's never really a huge concern. Mostly the government does it for show, but the rockets are never anywhere near hitting the base. Still, you'll leave to see what's happening. As you leave the building, you realize this is not a drill, and the rockets are hitting the base. Everyone is immediately defending the base and you fall in line. At the end of the day, you wake up in a medic area of the base. You have been injured, and there's a lot of other injuries. There's only been one fatality. Here's how the media reports it. Hamad was killed on December 27th, and U.S. authorities say the Iranian-backed military fired rockets at a military base near the northern Iraq city of Kirkuk. Your friend, your interpreter, will never see his sons, and he won't spend the next holiday with them. Donald Trump retaliates with an order to strike back against the Iraqi militants. Then, New Year's Eve, the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad is attacked. The embassy is evacuated and no one is killed. But the embassy is trashed, burned, and spray-painted on the building. Qasem Soleimani is our leader. Then intelligence agencies following Qasem Soleimani report that he's flying into Baghdad. According to President Trump, there was intelligence that Soleimani was planning on more embassies being attacked, up to five. Americans have wanted to kill Soleimani for years. He's the one responsible for roadside bombs that have killed hundreds of American troops. He's also responsible for the deaths of thousands of his own citizens. However, he's always in a location where killing him would mean killing innocent people around him. But at that moment, he's driving in a car at night 
with no innocent civilians around him, and when Trump was asked to make the call, he did. Soleimani was killed instantly, and his remains were so small they could fit in a backpack. The media immediately went into basically mourning the death of this insane man. He was called a genius, and his death was compared to the death of Elvis and Princess Di. They covered his funeral live, saying the crowds were all there to warn him, not mentioning that all students were told they must go, and they would be monitored and reported if they did not go. And all businesses were closed, and people were told they would lose their jobs and be reported if they didn't go. During the funeral, Iran shot more missiles into an American base in Iran. The media covered it by playing the propaganda material Iran was playing for its citizens. They even reported that the base had been hit and over 80 soldiers had been killed. Because after all, that's what the propaganda material in Iran was saying. The truth is, all 12 rockets were fired into the dirt, nowhere near the base, and there was no injuries or deaths. It was a show for the people to tell them the government had done something without the government actually doing something. An Israeli said, if we would have known that's all they were going to do to retaliate, we would have killed that guy years ago. Then news that Iran had shot down a passenger plane. Well, first we were actually told the plane had technical difficulties and crashed. That was as believable as Epstein killing himself. Then Iran admitted they shot it down, but it was a mistake. And the media is covering it like it's a mistake. As if they were just afraid Americans were coming to get them. and was actually all acting in self defense and it was just a sad accident. That's kind of doubtful as well. Personally, I believe that there were some Iranians on that plane trying to get out of Iran. They probably had information and the Iranians needed that information to knock it out. So there you go. That's what's going on with Iran, our only official Aryan nation. On a side note, Richard Spencer, the head of the white nationalist movement, put out a statement that he regrets voting for Trump because he targeted the Aryan nation. And The View, that horrible television show, was all excited about that and clapped and applauded for Richard Spencer. So they love the terrorist that hangs gays and puts women in prison for showing their hair, and they love the head of the white nationalist movement, who was ticked off that the only Aryan nation was targeted. What does this mean for Christians? 1. Remember the people of Iran are not our enemies. The Islamic government is an enemy, but not the people. 2. Be inspired. What did you give up this year in order to live your life as a Christian? In Iran, the Christians give up everything, even their lives. They're willing to lose everything to follow Jesus. What are you willing to lose? 3. Pray. Actually, let's make that number 1. But we do have to pray every day. Pray for the people of Iran. Pray for the Christians. Pray for those searching for truth. Pray for peace that we know can only be found in Jesus Christ. And four, talk about the Iranian people. Don't be afraid. In our politically correct world, many are kind of stuck. They don't want to side with the Iranian people because that means saying Islamic rule is kind of bad for people. Care more about the Iranian people than you do about being politically correct. Well, now you know the history of Iran. Remember, history always puts the news stories in a different perspective. And remember, you can't look ahead if you don't know what's behind you. Learn history and love history. To hear more podcasts, watch some great videos, or read blogs, head over to laureliesiemens.com. We have many more podcasts, Bible studies, and educational tools. To help keep all these resources free to the public, you can support the podcast by subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, or donating to our donation page. See you next week.